Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Oh, Christine. What did I do now? You did nothing, but it is a whole new year, and uh, it (sighs) is... I, I don't know. I here I here I go actively trying not to comment about what's to come because we both know I'm the worst predictor or somehow I conjure things. So, good or bad, yeah. here's a new year. Period. Does this come out? When does this come out? Uh, it's either the first or second week of the new year. I think. Yeah, I thought we already did the new year episode, but I could be the wrong. Three o three o eight was Christmas, homie. Oh, wait, really? No, 307 was Christmas. So now we're 309. Are we two weeks into the new year? Yeah, this one comes out the 8th. So ah. we did, we already did an episode that comes out the 1st of January and we didn't even talk about it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> probably, probably for the best because I would have found yeah. a way to. It's probably for the best that Eva tries to trick us into thinking yeah. the episodes land on other days because if we try to force conversation about things, it never ends well. For all we know, this comes out a, a month later. I mean, yeah, we don't know it's a Valentine's episode. We're all in love. It's but great. that does mean that uh, it's now been several weeks since we reannounced that we're going back on tour. Okay, that was why I drink this week. Thanks a lot. Oh, uh, here, yeah. well, ask, here, let's fill it. Let's pretend. Okay, Christine. Mm-hmm. One important question we have just never asked on the show, and I just got to know today only. Why, why, why does Christine Hersine Shifter drink? Man, let me think of a reason. Mm. Yeah. Mm, I can't, I can't think. I actually can't think toughie. of anything. Yeah. It's a toughie. Thanks for yeah. asking, though. That's okay. I, you'll come up with it. Um, why do you drink? I drink because we're going on tour next, or ah! no, not next week. I hope, not next, next week. No, no, no. Stop not, it. Next month, we're going back on tour. <laughs> we are recording this uh, pre, like, December 12th, 12-12, to give everybody kind of the inside scoop. Um, and so we are, like, not even remotely uh, done not with, like, prepping remotely. for the tour. And by done with prepping, I mean, like, not even start it. Well, no, that's not true. We did we did a lot of the heavy lifting already, but there's a lot of, um, of work to be done. A lot of and prep so, to be done. So a lot actually, of prep. 
Well, if you noticed, Christine, before we recorded, I said, um, I have to go get a drink. And I that also meant I had to get a Xanax because I remembered <laughs> instantly that we were going to talk about something that in this exact moment as we're recording, we have no script written. We have nothing. no, no, nothing. And it's it's on me currently because I guess now we can openly talk about our show format, right? Or yeah, that's we... true. Fuck yeah, uh, let's do it. Oh my god, M has not let me talk about this for years. Okay, and I'm so ready. I I, tr- I tried a few. I know, but weeks I'm a blabbermouth, and I'm worried that like I just need to keep my mouth shut. You know, we hadn't real. Okay, sorry. You talk. You talk. You talk. I'll just insert myself when it when I feel like I'm ready. This is this is. I tried to give you your moment a few weeks ago, I, but now apparently now you're caught up. So let's do the, your turn. Finally, I tried. No, la- no. I did all the chatting last time. I got all my things out. I want what you to talk about. What did we already say? I forget what we said on Patreon versus what we said on the show. Did we? Oh, that's talk a good about? point. I don't think well, we. Maybe we did. And maybe it's leaked somewhere by now. But our it's our, leaked because people are just so desperate to know. <laughs> I'm sure there's somewhere out there who was like, "Please, someone give me the information." I'm so sick of waiting. But now that we can, you know, our first tour is over, and it will become mm-hmm. a running theme for future tours. Um, mm-hmm. It's not that much of a secret anymore. We can talk about what the format of the first one was, which is that we went. Uh, we did our very first ghost hunt, uh, paranormal investigation, and uh, we the whole show is us showing you all of the really creepy fucking footage we got. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last year's tour, I guess now we have to say last year's tour, which is so weird. But here for the booze, we somehow got a cameo with Zach Bagans involved in the show. <laughs> um, this year, so far, there are no plans for Zach Bagans' cameo, but I'm sure sort we, of. we could find a way to insert well, him. Oh, I, you know uh, what? We have one. I I inserted uh, one. Right. Don't worry. I I don't worry. Actually, you're you're very right. I I spoke too soon. See, we haven't Although, written the script yet. So this is one of the reasons I drink is that Zach Bagans posted a photo with Joe Rogan, and I was like, seriously, guy. Yeah. And I, did again, you see that? I did, and uh, this again will be old news by the time it comes out. But for us, in the moment, we're both like, of course. I mean, he posted it like a week ago, and I like immediately ignored it. But then people keep tagging us in it, so I'm like, okay, well, like I get the like someone came to your museum, and you have to be welcoming of everyone. But like, you had to post a picture of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not like you had to brag about it. Yeah, he's like so great to meet my man, Joe Rogan. if, If I found out Joe Rogan listened to our podcast, I'd be like, okay, that. Moving on quickly. I would invite <laughs> you know? him to sing Pass the Cranberry Sauce with me, and I would ask him to replace you. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> what, a dif- <laughs> what a difference in opinion. Wow. Joe Rogan uh. would never listen to our show, but that's fine. Um, anyway, I yeah, so so basically we had quite a, quite a time. We've already – we've done the heavy lifting for the next tour. We just need to rein it in, so to speak, to make yeah. sure you're not there for 400 hours at every live show. That So basically without – we're trying to keep it vague without keeping it vague because we still want there to be a surprise. We're going to start doing a thing. We're at our tours or on mm-hmm. our tours before we announce, um, before you actually see the show, we're not announcing the location. So that way you, you'll have something new to look forward to when you go to the new show of like, Oh, what location did they ghost hunt at? Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know we did try to throw in little cameos we made a new logo with the same little ghosty guys from our here for the booze logo but we dressed them up a little differently so with enough context clues in the logo you know you can have some fun trying to guess uh where we went but we can't officially say that our our running format for every tour will be us going ghost hunting 
and at a different location every time and us writing a script around that just to you know the thing that's taking a long time is I'm the one that goes through all the footage and so mm-hmm. I'm currently going through hours and hours and hours of pitch black and radio silence looking for all the jump scares in the middle which Precisely. is uh horrific on my soul and uh and then we we write um we we try our best to write jokes around it every now and then it's just us telling the truth about how scared we are and let's just say the location we went to this time was pretty scary uh yeah uh yeah it was scary um i was afraid we were all afraid uh it was spooky there were there was alcohol but don't you don't need to tell anybody about that because i don't want to get in trouble um (laughs) and yeah i guess i basically am in this fun phase where I like the work is like impending because um, yeah, poor Christine just has to wait until I'm no, done. No, which like you have the longer, more arduous, more tedious job of just like sifting through everything and then sending me like the highlights, which ends up being like hours and hours. But um, then I do the like the e- cutting, editing, blah 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 blah, boring stuff. Um, but yeah, so I'm just I'm just uh waiting on pins and needles. Yeah, I, and so I think this will be a Christmas. Uh, project for me (laughs) it'll be a project at some point hopefully not christmas day uh but uh we definitely yeah it's a weird it's a weird dance we're doing because i'm currently very stressed with the additional pressure of knowing christine is waiting like she can't do her part until i'm done with my part so we're both in a weird dance where we're just a little frantic at the moment but just a little anyway by the time this comes out uh hopefully we are more prepared fingers crossed if if we're not we're both gonna be (laughs) if uh, not send us edible arrangements because i would love a chocolate covered (laughs) strawberry right now i can just tell in the future i'm i'm just craving it you know yeah well just uh everybody just know that we are working very hard in this moment and uh we're very excited that when we when this episode does come out we will have our We'll have had our dates written out for a oh, while now publicly. So, so exciting. Just a reminder to everybody, if you for some reason are not on social media or you have just missed this all together, we have new tour dates and uh, we are very excited. And I will say, uh, I don't want anyone to worry that like we're uh, like if we're going out on tour too soon or anything. I was I was so jazzed after here for the booze it was such a good show we did and i had so much fun and i feel like we got really close during all of that especially during my own medical stuff so i when we first thought about going back on tour we were both worried that maybe we needed some time off or something but i'm i like could not be more excited to go back out especially now that like i've got my meds figured out and like I, I feel so I'm just so excited to go back on tour with you. I want you to keep worrying everybody because I oh. I like that like maybe that means I get more edible arrangements. But oh. um, <laughs> but that aside, yes, I didn't mean just ca- I didn't mean to steal your your food thunder. You're there. really like stepping in my zone here where I'm <laughs> hungry. But anyway, um, no, I'm very excited. Uh, we're just amped because we we loved our last tour so much. But like so it's much. also really exciting to come up with like a new one. And um, a lot of people are asking. In the comments like oh is this the same thing no this this what we announced on instagram the new shows the new tour dates um that's something we haven't even seen yet so oh, you have definitely even, not seen it <laughs> we haven't even um announced our new tour name you want to do that oh yeah oh my god i'm so excited i'm proud of this one uh so our new tour for 2023 uh at all hopefully not hopefully just 2023 but you know you never know um is and that's why we drink live 
on the rocks. Isn't that fun? Just another another alcohol pun. Just another one. We're full of them. We're full of them. And hopefully, I think the logo has come out by now. And you can start doing your own little guessing on where we might have gone. Yay! uh yeah that's that's it for now oh maybe uh do we know if the fall tour is going to be the same show but different cities i think so that's the goal so if i think there might be a a second i'm not doing a whole nother show for fall me either because there's so many cities we didn't get to announce yet so i'm hoping that there are more that we can add later in the year so if you missed out don't worry fingers crossed there's going to be a fall tour and if your city is not on has did not end up on the original list. Just wait till fall. So we, we don't know yet 100%. What we have up is what we know. Yes. <laughs> um, but don't be offended. We don't really get to say where we go. Our, that That's they, true. Our team handles that and tells us. So We certainly try <sighs> to put in as many requests as possible. I don't even think I have a hometown show yet. So it don't, in, in fall, in fall, just know that uh, if we're doing more shows, my hometown will the because uh, Christine's hometown is on this one, mm-hmm. so I'll I'll get my sh- my shot at it. To be fair, year, we so. did sell mine mine out, so maybe your hometown needs to oh. sell more tickets, huh? Well, technically, my hometown one would be. Uh, we always do a DC show, but we haven't done a Richmond show yet, so that's that's <gasps> Are the we goal. Doing one? No, oh, no, doing... I'm just saying oh. it's we've, we've <laughs> never we've never gone to Richmond, so oh. that would be be fun anyway 12 minutes later everybody i hope you enjoy a little blabbing about uh well we didn't tell you what happened with zach bagans but you know come to our show figure it out we'll we'll tell you all about it then Mm -hmm. and that i guess that's why we both drink oh also if you want tickets go to and that's why drink.com slash live they will be out by then by now by the time this comes out (laughs) good call so Oh, well, I'm very excited to go back on tour with you. Me I'm also too. very excited. Uh, this is our last episode for a while. No one else will notice in the, yeah, you know, it, uh, but for yeah. us recording wise, uh, we're about to have our, and that's why we drink team holiday, holiday break. break. <laughs> Except it won't really be a break. I'll be uh, crunching yeah, we'll be working as much hard. as possible. But uh other than that, I, I'm excited to to hang out with you, and I'm sad that this is probably the last time we'll be hanging out for an extended period of time for a little bit. So I know. Well, it, I know. It's tragic, and I want to um, postpone it as long as possible, just drag this out, just keep talking about <laughs> things no one wants to hear, <laughs> keep repeating ourselves, keep complaining about life. But um, I guess we should probably we should probably bite the bullet, and you can tell me a story. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I can tell you a UFO story if you'd like. Please! Yay! Yay! Okay, so uh, this is, and this, speaking of hometowns, this is a story from my college town, or <gasps> near my college town. Um, so this is the story of Terrell Copeland. And Terrell grew up in Suffolk, Virginia, which I went to school in Newport News. They are of the Hampton Roads of Virginia, and uh, they're very nearby. So. Okay. And so he grew up uh, in Suffolk, and in 2000, he graduated from high school and joined the Marines pretty much immediately. Um, In 1997, three years earlier, he was 15, and he had his very first UFO encounter. Mm. So it started even before he joined a place where he'd be engaging with military aircraft. Right. Um, So he was stationed at Northwest Naval Base in Chesapeake, also very close by. Um, where he continued having very strange encounters. So because of his military training, Terrell says that it gave him the ability to observe carefully, especially in the nighttime sky. Um, and he also said that in the Marines, he saw aircraft all the time that civilians wouldn't. So he knows the difference between commercial and military aircraft. Just Makes throwing sense. it out there now. But like yeah. this man knew what he was talking about when it came to planes. Um, so one night he's working outside by himself and he sees a UFO in the sky and it's only a hundred feet away. Oh no. Which is too close. It's certainly too close. Just They need that bumper sticker that says, if you can read this, it's too close. <laughs> Which, by the way, I was just telling my brother on an episode of Beachy Sandy that I am always guilty of that because I'm like, I want to know what it says. And then I just uh-huh. keep inching closer and then it's like, if you can read this. And I'm like, then don't put it on your car because I want to know what it says. Do you have a personal favorite bumper sticker? Oh, no. Um, I I used to have one that I loved, which just said 0.0 in the same format of, like, all the people who run races and put, like, how many kilometers they run, you know, on their car. <laughs> so I had a 0.0. I think that was my favorite. I felt like it really encompassed all of me in one sticker. That's fair. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I My favorite is the one you got me for my birthday a few years ago. Do you know what that one is? I'm going to Waffle House. Is that mm-hmm. it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
follow me or, or follow, something. Follow me to Waffle House. <laughs> I love that. I forgot about that. Um, Which is so stupid because in California I, there aren't Waffle Houses. I know, but you're on your way. You're doing a cross-country trek to get yeah, there. Follow me and in a few years maybe this car will land <laughs> at a Waffle House. It'll be there eventually, to be fair. I'm sure it'll. it's not had its last rodeo at a Waffle House, that, that car of yours certainly not actually if it would you know whenever i get rid of that car i'll probably just dump it at the nearest waffle house and yeah they'll figure it out from it'll be there. like this i feel safe here thank you for leaving me here yeah yeah so uh okay so he saw this thing a hundred feet away which in apparently bumper sticker terms is too fucking close too um, close so not only was this one of Terrell's first encounters, but this was an encounter that can be classified as a close encounter of the first kind. <gasps> Do you know how many kinds there are? Out of there four? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so quick 101. This classification system is used to categorize alien encounters, and it was designed by an astronomer and professor named J. Allen Hynek, who is pretty big in the UFO world. Uh, he also worked for Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Lab and the Smithsonian Astrophysical Observatory. Uh, and in 1948, the Air Force recruited him for mm. Project Sign, which the whole point of Project Sign was to investigate and hopefully debunk UFO sightings throughout the U.S. Because, again, in 1948, they were more worried about them being Soviet aircrafts than them being sure. literal extraterrestrials. <laughs> they were like, aliens are welcome. That's fine. But the rest of you, no, no. They're like, if you can't find out that this is a Soviet aircraft, that's fine. Yeah. We just need to know that it's not that. We it just want to feel else. safe in that knowledge. Yeah. It could be a meteor coming for all of us. We don't <laughs> care. So Alan fielded a lot of UFO research, uh, a lot of claims from people because he was investigating all of their sightings. So he ended up coming up with a system to differentiate sightings, um, which I like that there were so many in the 40s that he had to come up with the system. And this was before the craze in the 1950s where UFO sightings spiked. So just to give you an idea, even back then, there were a lot of people reporting them and they didn't know what to do with it. So he came up with a system just to keep himself organized. And sometimes it is called the Hynex scale. Um, and it is the list of close encounters of, okay. of certain kinds. Of certain so, kinds. Of, uh, of yeah, one, one or another four. of a kind. Okay. <laughs> one or two or three or four or another. Um, do you happen to know? I can, I'll just tell you if you don't. But I didn't know. I did. I, I used to and I kind of forget the order. But I, one of them is seeing them face to face right like seeing mm-hmm. an actual extraterrestrial one of seeing a craft right, right? uh maybe it's been it might have been updated and no the... i'm probably just wrong but thank you for trying to give me the benefit of the doubt i really am i that i'm serious it could have been updated i don't know but um the the list that i have is that the encounter an encounter of the first kind is seeing a ufo uh close enough that you can describe a lot of details oh okay yes i did Um, i did know that in the past obviously not now interesting the range Mm -hmm. seems to be i'm sure this is like just a ballpark but they said if you can see a ufo anywhere from five feet to 600 feet away whoa too (laughs) close five feet imagine the bumper sticker that's you might as well just keep crash right into it seriously also five feet like i like how one foot is that's not yeah, it usually like, zero to six hundred. Like, touch it, that's that's a different thing. But if you right. can like spit on it, that's 
that's a different thing. I don't if know. If you bat your eyes and your little eyelashes give it a silly little kiss, <laughs> a, a little, little butterfly kiss. kiss. <laughs> if you can butterfly kiss a UFO that is somehow only an encounter of the first kind. <laughs> As it should be. And a close encounter of the second kind is signs of an alleged presence. So oh. not not a UFO itself, but uh, like scorch marks on the ground or crop circles. Crop or circles. Okay. Okay. Radiation levels. Uh, equipment isn't working. Or even like animals are acting weird. You feel something's up. That's gotcha. a, the second kind. Okay. The third kind is when uh, an entity, like a the pilot of the UFO, is seen or makes physical contact with you. Okay, that's what I meant. Like, sorry, like seeing the... Oh, mm-hmm. I did say that. You did say that. I was going to say, the like, of the third kind in that moment, but I decided to just go down the list, so... Thank you. Okay. But, uh, no, if you see a person versus see. seeing the craft versus... Well, a person is a stretch, but, like, a... It's a, 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 a humanoid, a being, yes. Yeah. Uh, so that is, or if it makes physical contact with you, where I think it means like from the craft itself. I feel like if or it's that touches praying, you, praying mantis guy, he's mm-hmm. like, I'm not a fucking human. How dare you? Yeah. And if the praying mantis, uh, just an example, because you would think it would be two different kinds if you see the praying mantis creature versus if he gives you little butterfly kisses. But apparently, <laughs> that's the same. They're the same. They're still like, wow. Um, so you could be ex- like, oh, I got to second base with that alien guy, but like <laughs> nobody can really know what you mean. Right. It's You're just it's implying. Yeah. Like it's like saying you hooked up and it's like, well, what? What is that what, even really? At what mean? level? Yeah. Yeah. So having a physical experience or physically witnessing is the third kind. And okay. then the fourth kind is a full blown abduction. Oh, okay. I was wondering if that was on there, but. I thought yeah. surely not. Well, they they had to add it later. They had to add <gasps> the fourth kind because oh, I guess no. <laughs> now there's such a thing as abductions. Escalated. Because, yeah. The praying mantis butterfly kissed you and then I guess took it too far. Said, and let's said, go whoop. back to my place. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay. So fun fact, uh, despite Alan's interest in the supernatural and also the occult, he was also into the occult. Love it. Um, he was mainly a skeptic at first, and he even was quoted saying that he thought UFOs were, quote, a post-war craze that would disappear as quickly as the hula hoop. And <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. There's a lot to unpack here. Now I feel like we need to deep dive the history of the hula hoop. Sorry? What is his deal? What is his fucking problem with the hula hoop? It sounds like... It feels like he really enjoyed the hula hoop, but then like his really strict dad was like, that's for sissies or something. Yeah. It sounds like he's still he hanging it, like, on. Out for that, out for it, but like in a way that's a little too personal where I'm like, what there's, happened to you? There's some internalized hatred there for yeah, no reason. What yeah. happened, bud? I think he one time told his buddies that he loved a good hula hoop and then they all made fun of him at lunch well, or something. That's too bad. But man, that guy, but like, that doesn't for that we... to be our first thought. Yeah, we don't all have to get rid of the hula hoop just because you had a bad experience. Was the also a post-war craze that disappears quickly. Was, is that the history of the hula hoop? I, I mean, honestly, so. if it is not, then I need to, him to clarify because I feel like um, that's now the story I'm going to run with is that, oh, the hula hoop, fun fact, that was actually a post-war craze that disappeared. It didn't disappear. People still have those. <laughs> I know. So And also what? UFOs are still a big thing. So he was still wrong. He was wrong uh, about it all. Here in ninth, this is from museumofplay.com. Okay. okay, so in 1957, so like 10 years later ish, I know this is a post war. 1957, yeah. Wham O Toy Company founders Richard Nur and Arthur Spud Mellon. Love that there's a Spud Mellon? 
What's going on? Spud melon. Is he like the inspiration for Mr. Potato Head? That's what that means, a spud melon. Oh, my God. <laughs> for Close your hang tab, because I'm creating the entire history <laughs> here. On, we don't on. need these people. In 1957, Whammo Toy Company founders Richard We Don't Care and Spud Melon <laughs> Step aside. Uh, learned that kids in Australia twirled bamboo hoops around their waists in gym class. So they said, let's commercialize this and make it out of plastic. And also, I don't know if that's a cultural thing, especially now we're calling it a hula hoop. And now maybe is it Samoan or is it Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Uh, Apparently, these things have been used since 500 BC uh, by various different um, people throughout the world. So they just took it and said, let's turn it into... uh, a commercialized product that we can sell to children. Okay. Well, okay. That's its own problematic situation then. Yeah. Uh, and now we have to figure out spud melon on the fly. Hang on. Okay. Well, if it's wrong, if it doesn't say that, then can we go with my version? Yes. Founder okay. of Mr. Potato Head. If it's not spud melon Well, on maybe the first he's not try. the founder. Maybe he's just the inspiration. Like the, um, maybe he was the muse for Mr. Potato Head. Like someone said, I, you are my muse. And, Instead of painting a beautiful French ballerina, they painted Mr. Potato Head. Uh, well, the guy's name is George Lermer, apparently. Ooh. So that doesn't really do much for us. How Mr. Potato Head was created. That's the last thing I'll look up. Okay. Mr. Potato Head was invented and developed by George Lermer. George would often take photos from his mother. Oh, not photos. Potatoes. Oh, my God. It was like, where is this going? <laughs> oh, my God. George, George Lerner, Lerner with an N would often take potatoes from his mother's garden and using various fruits and vegetables as facial features he would make dolls for his younger sisters to play with oh that's cute okay that's not as fun as i wanted though sorry i wanted spud melon to make an appearance honestly i hope mr spud melon sued just for the sake of like you know this is my namesake kind of like that's my alias why would you take my likeness yeah that's my likeness and it's so weird because like he actually did have um like a giant red bulbous nose and like pink <laughs> ears that stuck out and they were also like his ears like, his ears and hands would just fall they off. would just it's come crazy. off sometimes and it was like and then they'd be <laughs> placed in the wrong spot but like so he was like well this is a little too coincidental that this thing is he used to- basically a thesaurus of me like uh, my name a thesaurus you, you translated my name into a different words and then it looks exactly like me like i think nowadays this person would get compensation he's entitled to compensation for sure I feel like in the middle of that courtroom, all of a sudden, like his ass fell out and a bunch of his own body parts (laughs) came toppling down and he went, this is proof, Your Honor. Yeah. And then the jury all gasped and uh, (laughs) they came back with a verdict in like four minutes, you know. So honestly, like I, wow. I can't believe we figured this out. I almost had a palpitation just now. I was thinking, (laughs) I almost literally died from laughing so hard. Well, I did. Honestly, I just felt I just my chest so cavity honored. collapse. No, nothing Honestly, else would if, make me as happy as that. If I ever died from laughing too hard at one of your jokes, just like imagine the Roger <laughs> Rabbit scene where like my soul is leaving and I can't figure it out. <laughs> imagine oh me at your funeral giving the eulogy and being like, I guess you've all figured out how hilarious I am. I could only imagine at that funeral, you would take the stage just to go, I should probably step down. I don't want to kill anyone else. <laughs> We don't need a di- we don't need a double homicide. <laughs> what is good. what a spiral we've taken. <laughs> Fun fact: fucking Spud Melon also invented the frisbee. <laughs> no, he and, didn't. 
Did he also steal that from like an ancient tribal civilization? Just like fucking a loop. I mean, I would imagine if he's getting the hula hoop as inspiration from Australia, like the frisbee seems a lot like a, it's like a boomerang, like a broken boomerang. Yeah, it just doesn't a broken ever come back. boomerang. Also, it just he invented come back. He also invented the Super Bowl and the instant fish, which is apparently a he, cool it says, duds such as the instant fish. I'm really upset that that's a dud. I want to bring it back. Instant Can, fish toy. Is that the I, thing where you hold it in your hand? No, that's not it. I, I want to know why there wasn't an article put out called Spud Makes a Dud. Oh, Spud's Duds. That's my new blog. Oh, good. Uh, Spudsduds.angelfire.com. No, wait, it's org. not the thing. I've never seen this before. They hatch right before your eyes. Ah, what? Ew, Spuds. look at it. Instant fish. This oh ew, God. what is happening? Oh I wow, talk about a, a spiral we could go Do you down see very the quickly. Box? The blue thing? Unbelievable. Real live <laughs> instant fish with tropical aquarium by Whammo. This sounds okay. like the most dystopian thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> it looks dystopian. Yeah, it does. It does. All right. Well, Spud, obviously, you know, we can't win every time. You know, you had three massive successes, you had a dud. It's okay. It's okay. <gasps> they what? were, oh no. Oh my God. Okay, I'm going to tell you what they are. With, this is from metv.com. With the popularity of ant farms and sea monkeys, Whammo saw the need to jump on the trend of micro pets with instant fish. The idea was to sell a dry mud substitute riddled with the dormant eggs of African <gasps> killifish. Oh my God. Added to water, in theory, the eggs would hatch and you had your own little aquarium. But the reality was much more like having clumps of mud in a bowl as the eggs wouldn't hatch. I gotta be what honest. What is wrong with people? I gotta be honest. The concept, I don't know what happened because I don't think kids still do this anymore, but it was very much an, an 80s, 90s thing. The like, we fucking ate up the instant sea monkeys have careful your own what pet you're at saying. home thing. Careful what you're saying. You use the phrase, the idiom ate up. Because okay. I don't you're right. really feel like that's what we did. But in a metaphorical we, way, yes. Everybody I knew was obsessed with having sea monkeys. And like, wow. I got to tell you, there was nothing more revolting to me as a child. And still. Like, I I was like, I'm not getting on that We had an ant farm. Well, I was also terrified of fish, remember? And so I thought, like, growing oh, no. my own monster at home, that oh, is, no. like, exactly the, my worst oh, no. fear is inviting the monster into my house. And then they come to life, and now I'm shocked that they're going to attack me. So I totally understand that. That I would not enjoy that either. I, I definitely <sighs> had a... Ugh, gross. It, I, d- I definitely I, had an ant farm, but I didn't enjoy it. And also, I always still felt, felt kind of bad about it. I also, I like, know. I don't know enough about ant farms, but I also feel like as a parent, absolutely not would I give my no. child a box of insects that they could then just, like, drop Do with accident. what they will. Yeah, I don't and now think we've that's got fun. an infestation. Like, especially um, if we already had cats and stuff, like, that's enough of a pet. You don't need bugs. Yeah, that's like, like, I think maybe I've just lived too long in a cockroach world where I feel like... <laughs> Can I? Can you imagine just giving someone a loose box of bugs and then just, uh oh, like how a child? You don't like you don't get to be surprised when it doesn't yeah. go right. I dropped ours and it was terrible. They all died. Like what a horrible thing. Also with the um, sea monkeys, I think I had too much of like I was scared of the god complex of like, am I actually creating life right now? Like yeah, at five same. years old into same. my basement, it felt too That's... much, too much power. <laughs> it's like it's the not power. Good. What if they die? And like, like I didn't even just like to me. 
I didn't even buy this from a store and then I got sick. It's like, no, I, I created and killed I them. I birthed this. Okay, that's a little far. But wow. you know what I mean. No, but it's true. My head, it's true. My head can't take it even now. We, Ooh, they still sell them on Amazon. The derailing we've done in this episode is out Ew. of control. Step two, instant live eggs. Like, why? Stop. That sounds like a Jurassic Park situation to me. All right. Of, Thanks like, for listening, everyone. Um, this is not <laughs> That's Why You Drink. We're going to go to therapy now. I think we need to all just take a breather and come back another time. <laughs> anyway, oh. those are the four kinds of close encounters. <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that sea monkey encounter or live fish, African killer fish encounters are like point five, like two way far. <laughs> or, or which one's the closest one? I, the first kind? Oh, the is that, closest. Is that, can you imagine a little sea monkey giving you butterfly kisses? Yeah, no. No. No, thank you. They have creepy little spines. Okay, so. Spines? Encounter, uh, I, can't I don't do know. <laughs> the fifth kind. Is that what it would be? It would be the fifth kind. So these are the fifth, sixth. Sure. And seventh is the ant farm. Okay. Okay. Got, Got it. it. Um, this guy's rolling over in his grave. He's like, I should have never said that fucking hula hoop thing. <laughs> that's all it took he already had to live with the the extended popularity of the hula hoop you know (laughs) right he already had to live with that failure yeah (laughs) um okay so yeah he let's just say what i meant in that one bullet a half an hour ago was that he was a skeptic about ufos (laughs) gotcha perfect (laughs) and he became a believer uh first of all uh he became this is alan hynek not the guy that i'm going to talk about that gets uh abducted um we're still on uh the guy who created the close encounter list mm, okay so he's the skeptic and he also he became a believer when he got recruited to that project project sign and he has a quote about that where he said everything had to have an explanation i began to resent that secondly the caliber of the witnesses began to trouble me quite a few instances were reported by military pilots for example and i knew them to be fairly well to be fairly well trained so this is when i first began to think well maybe there is something to all this Mm. so it was just knowing that people who know what they're talking about are freaked out they're not all like kooks so to speak Mm -hmm. right gotcha as mentioned earlier, Terrell, he is one of these kooks, I guess, because he actually had uh, an experience mm. of the first kind. Um, and this was, again, in the year 2000 at 3.30 in the morning on his own when the UFO was 100 feet away. He thought that it was actually a helicopter at first, probably one because of its fucking boldness of being so close to you. Yeah. But also because it shined a spotlight down onto the ground like a helicopter would. But here's the thing. It made no noise. (gasps) And that's fucking eerie because if you've ever been near a helicopter, if you've even been in the, in the state of a helicopter, you can fucking hear it. It's loud. Uh, So he realized it was making no noise and he went, "Uh Oh, something is awry. And Mm. the light became green. All of a sudden it was a yellow light and it now turned green. And as it passed by, he saw that the shape of this thing was actually perfectly resembling a classic UFO. Mm. Only two years into his contract, that was the first time he saw something in the military, but only two years into his contract, he had apparently had enough experiences uh, seeing things like this that, you know, that what uh, me saying that and me saying the next thing could be two separate um, experiences, but it is weird so he 
allegedly kept seeing these UFOs and only two years into his contract, he ended up having to be medically discharged because he had developed a medical condition called hypercechemia, um, and it's basically it's developed because of a muscle injury or a muscle disorder where your creatine uh, is too high in your blood system and to oh, your bloodstream. Oh, no. but it's weird. Be- yeah, but he also the weird part is he never suffered an injury that would have caused this. There's no reason for him. Oh, so and doctors couldn't figure out what set this off. Just out of mm. nowhere, he all of a sudden had this disorder and he needed to leave and so later on we think that maybe there's a connection between something in his bloodstream happening after so many experiences that he's now getting sick um so because here's another thing for no reason at all terrell's numbers uh were 10 times higher than the average range for people his age oh no and it was only after two years of having odd ufo encounters so often so he ends up moving we don't know for sure if those are related but it is weird yeah for no reason at all uh yeah his numbers were 10 times higher and he ends up after being discharged moves back to suffolk and he has uh he still has encounters Mm -hmm. so that's even weirder because it's not like it was just because he was near military aircraft it's almost like this thing is following him and keep in mind he had an encounter before he ever joined the military so um this thing might have been following him from before yeah. then and just being on a military base. Maybe that was just exacerbated it. I don't know. Maybe they knew he would be in the military someday. Mm, maybe they drew him to it. I don't yeah, know. Spooky. So in October 2005, uh, here's a quote from Terrell. The first time I saw a jet maneuvering around a ball of light, which at first he was seeing UFOs as balls of light and it's slowly turned into full-blown sightings of ufos the first time i saw a jet maneuvering around a massive ball light was on east washington street i was facing downtown and the light was probably about two miles away and the jets were probably fifteen thousand feet up three nights later he saw the exact same thing um and also he was standing outside around seven o'clock at night and he saw a blue orb in the sky and he knew enough to know it was not a star or a satellite so something Mm -hmm. weird was in the sky Two more nights later, he sees that exact same orb appear again, and he tries to get into his car and follow it, but he loses it pretty quickly, so he kind of gives up on that. Two more nights later happens to be Halloween, and he sees the orb again just before midnight, so it keeps showing up in increments. Can't escape it. And it kept it keeps showing up in like his location, so it could just be that he near he lived. I mean, Suffolk isn't far from, you know, all of Hampton Roads, Virginia, is known to be kind of a military spot. So, oh, interesting. Um, okay. Because it's uh, also relatively close as Norfolk, which is a big naval base, or also an Air, an air Force base, too. So um, it's, it was very common in school that people ended up with military guys. Mm. It was like a very common thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he maybe he's just close enough to a base that he's seeing something or maybe it's looking for him i don't know but either way by halloween he's like i'm ready to go chase this thing and so he gets in his car he brings his video camera with him uh and he tries to follow it and he realized basically he gets to the shopping area is where he stops chasing it 
and at the shopping area, he sees a second orb appear. So now he sees two of these things, and he realizes that the orbs were actually lights on a massive UFO hovering above him. Oh, no. And the UFO itself was bigger than the entire shopping center he was parked next to. Oh, no. So the UFO happened to be triangle-shaped, and it was only 500 feet above him. A.K. Mm -hmm. this is another close encounter of the first kind. Um and at first he thought it was a stealth bomber because he had seen that aircraft in the military and it has a very iconic triangular yes. shape. But um, he did say he was, I mean, this he said it was bigger than a fucking shopping center. He was like, this is much bigger than any stealth bomb that's ever existed. So mm. um, his quote, his exact quote is, I was not prepared for what I saw. The light had been an illusion. At first mm. I thought it was just a stealth bomber, but I realized a stealth wasn't that big. Oh, God. Uh, he said that the UFO moved really slowly around the shopping center and it took about seven minutes to get across the parking lot, which like if it's bigger than the shopping center from tip to tip, it took yeah. seven minutes to get across. Ooh, the parking ew. Lot. It sounds like a blimp. Like it's just kind of floating along. Yeah. Yeah. That's so eerie. Gives me so, so eerie. Cam. And then it takes off and flies away. So since that night, um, Terrell has said uh, that similar UFO experiences have happened to him. He's even claimed to see that UFO multiple times. And that's when he feels like it began to take more of an interest in him. Oh, no. Oh, I'd be like, no, I'm not that interesting. Yeah, I know. I'd be Move like, Move on. We're, no, no, no. I'm the last person you want to observe. Just go look in the JCPenney over there. I'm sure someone else, you could find someone else. More we just talked about Cole's cash. Go, we did. Go learn about that. I was like, that was us, right? Yeah, we did talk about yes. Cole's cash in the listeners episode. So although most of the sightings were near or at his apartment, um, Terrell says that UFOs also would, quote, use large waterways to hide in around Ew. landfills all over. Well, okay. I mean, I'm not going near any landfills, so that's good. Not anymore. Not anymore, certainly. Um, but around to hide in waterways that's creepy i guess and also like i don't know what they're if it's bigger than a shopping center and yeah, you could you only mean? and you could only see it 500 feet in the sky does that mean it had like a cloaking thing before that's what i'm wondering like was it how just does trying it, to get to get you to see it and that's why it it must have been because how would something without the power of invisibility or growing rapidly in size yeah like how would we how did you only see it at 500 feet when it should have come from the fucking sky and a million people would have seen that it coming so down? That is so odd. So maybe it's there's some sort of power that... To just get you to see it or something? Yeah, maybe. Like, Ugh. it only wants to be seen when it wants to be seen? I don't know. Mm. So Terrell says that the UFOs he's seen have ranged from balls of light to elliptical objects. Um, also the triangle-shaped one, like the what he thought was the... Mm -hmm. stealth. the stealth bomber. And two years later, in 2007, Terrell has a weird feeling that something is outside. Oh, uh, no. Mm -hmm. Don't check. When he gets out there, th oh, this is where he has his video camera. He feels that something's outside. He brings his video camera with him, which I don't blame him at this point, because if after Hell years, no. this is now like 10 years of having experiences, he's like, I'm going to get this documented. Yeah. Brings the camera with him, and when he gets out there, he sees two circular glowing UFOs hovering in place, mm. only only 35 feet away from him. <gasps> That's too close. 
That is beyond I don't know how close. many times I need to tell them, but that's too fucking close. That's a butterfly kiss. That's a butterfly kiss I ever saw one. You can at least feel the heat from this thing or something. I, I don't even know if there was heat, but you would certainly be able to feel it. Um, one of the two UFOs, because there were two of them, all of a sudden starts changing multiple colors very quickly. Which Ooh, that's a lot fun. of, uh, well, I don't know if, because oh. a lot of experts <laughs> like, think that that's party disco. <laughs> like this that's is like how the, I react like to the jellyfish lights. jam from SpongeBob. <laughs> uh no the, i don't know if that's great because a lot of experts think that if all of a sudden it's now reacting when you can see it means that it's a communication attempt well they would just see me dancing and be like this one is we're not gonna make contact with this one let's move like, on this one's no good this one's, this, no good. This one's defective let's move on <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine a ufo spotting somebody just erratically behaving and they're like "Ooh, that's not one we want yeah let's skip this one to go to the next i've never heard of a ufo encounter where someone danced in reaction and then got abducted so maybe you <laughs> actually true. found the secret that's the secret they don't if want you... to, they don't want that to deal with that are you kidding they're like that's a lot of energy we need to be able to sedate this person <laughs> So, uh, one host of the show. Oh, hang on, I have to. Well, no, I have to. Well, that was fun. How Doesn't adorable. that mean? Doesn't that mean we're close? What well, I was gonna say, a close encounter of the. I don't know. Oh, I just meant Sports? isn't isn't yawning supposed to be like a like a, a caveman thing? Where it means yeah, like they, we're like we're part of the same pack or something. Yeah, I think anybody yawning can make you yawn. But I think if your pet yawns when you yawn, that's a sign that like they. Um, I think they're part of your pack, but I think human nature is just when anybody yawns. No offense. I, I do want to know what the science is. Oh God! Sorry. Um, Let us know if you're all yawning, because then we'll, we're all part of the pack together. Have fun. I would be so scared to end up in a yawn chain with somebody where just you can't escape. You can't. You keep causing it from each other. I think you might have created something pretty drastic just now with that yawn. The yawn heard around the world is yeah. all it's my doing. Sometimes when Allison's trying to fall asleep and she can't fall asleep, I'll basically f- pretend to yawn a bunch of times. And then yeah. somehow her body immediately feels more tired. She's like, oh, I have to yawn now. And I'm like, well, oh, it's just talking happening. about it. <laughs> okay. It's okay. happening and I'm okay. falling asleep. I can't. Okay. Sorry, I can't. sorry. Sorry. Keep me awake. So one of the one of the hosts of the show UFO Hunters on History Channel, mm-hmm. they think that this many close encounters that have happened to Terrell suggests that the UFO is putting in a lot of effort to reach out to him, which I would uh, believe it sounds, that. Yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds like they're attached in some way, whether mm-hmm. chosen or not. And one of the hosts went so far, this is a, a little bananas, one of the hosts of that show went so far as to tell Terrell that he thinks Terrell is some sort of alien-human hybrid who is better connected to these things. Uh, oh, boy. And then the other host very quickly was like, uh, maybe not, though. Like, we could reel it in. Also, <laughs> could be the opposite of that. <laughs> there, there could be an option more realistic than that right away. Um, so Terrell's opinion is that he witnessed one orb trying to communicate with another, but when he got out of his car to film it, the orb just kind of stopped talking mm. to that one orb and then started to mirror his movements like it was now trying to talk to him i wonder if he just like walked in on a really like intense conversation between them and all of a sudden it tried to go like get the fuck out of here like this doesn't involve you off yeah yeah well 
I, we will never know, but soon after he has, so he followed these, these things. He found the two glowing UFOs. One of them starts reacting to him by glowing a bunch of colors. Then it seems to now mirror his movements and is ignoring the other orb. Mm. Soon after a military helicopter arrives in the area and the two orbs take off. <gasps> Don't like that. And Terrell went home and he submitted this video, whatever he could get on video. He submitted it to someone's YouTube channel who's a journalist named William Warwick. Uh-huh. And uh, you can still see Terrell's original comment on the video 15 years later. <gasps> That's so cool. Let me send it to you. I'll put yeah. it in Geo's trio. His username is VA Wolf, W-U-L-F. 15 years ago. Wow. I am the witness who submitted this video to the investigator. I can tell you that there were two of these objects. I was only able to video one of them. I felt that they wanted me to tape them, and I am proud to have done so. A helicopter showed up and chased them away. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I like that. I mean, truly, I think 15 years ago, that was the YouTube etiquette to go. Thank you for having Thank me. You. Very polite. Um, I love that uh, he said that they, he thinks they wanted him to film them, which is so spooky. It is because now it, it almost feels like he's seen enough of these things that he almost feels connected like he or that knows he, what they're thinking he can from that understand them. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, soon after that video got submitted to the YouTube channel, Terrell says that a mysterious person showed up at his home. Yeah. See, that scares me. That's a men in black shit, which again, I think 15 years ago, we didn't know the power of the internet and he maybe thought like, Oh, look at this cool thing. He didn't know. Like you better keep that shit to yourself. Yeah, and, not blast true. It on the internet. and it wasn't even like his YouTube channel. Like he just, yeah commented like oh that's my video and they were like it is which is creepy again because 15 years ago you wouldn't think you could just look at someone's handle in a yeah. comment on youtube and find their home i, mean, I could but, but like maybe not the <laughs> fbi or the cia them well, certainly not uh, yeah right okay yeah well christine i do feel so bad for you because in another world you were just destined for the cia I and really, i really i took I you actually, away from that you know i really no you didn't i really actually after school was going to apply to the cia that's not a joke but i just know that i can't keep my mouth shut as you know as i've already said i'm a blabbermouth i can't i did apply to the cia in college they recruited people and yeah because i was in dc too so i was like oh my yep. gosh i'm gonna apply and then they were like well by the way especially because they require a second language and i was like oh, that's well, why I, I didn't get in well i speak a second that's the only reason right mm -hmm. well okay that's <laughs> the only reason they formally gave me <laughs> um but yeah they said that you have to give up your other um citizenship and i'm like nah i think i'm gonna keep that one on the back burner just in case i need it and then i like you know, how you turned them down you went, i don't mm. think i turned them down i just was like talking to the recruiters and they were like just so you know you're gonna have to and i was like nah because like and nowadays i think we can all understand the importance of keeping your second citizenship in a different continent you would be like uh, oh i fucked up <laughs> oopsie yeah so i'm i'm just kind of glad that um i still have that but anyway well Anyway, this guy shows up to his house and says he's a military contractor, which mm. can't be good. Mm -mm. The day that that happens because of something I report on this show, I'll be like, okay, just don't hurt me. I was like, you win. <laughs> Christina and I have said multiple times, and Eva's included in this, that we do have a blind loyalty to each other of 
we've even told Eva, like, if you, if we're at a show, we're about to go on, or even if we're in the middle of our show, mm-hmm. if you come out on stage and say, we have to leave right now, no questions asked, we would leave. Like, we're leaving. We, we have enough trust with each other that Absolutely. if something were to happen, I don't need to know questions I'll ask later. No. Um, and I do feel like if I told you the show has to be done, we're done. We can't, we can't yeah. ever record another episode. He, I'd be like, just trust me on this. I don't want to rope you at anything. You'd be like, okay, got it. And it, just know it would probably be for a situation like this. Yeah. And to be fair, I would be so nosy. That would be the only reason I needed to know why. Like I would need to know why, but it's only because <laughs> I'm nosy. I would believe you hundred percent. I would cancel the show, but then I would be like, but now you got to let me in on the gossip. Yeah. Well, just know if the show ever is randomly canceled is because a military contractor or a poltergeist came to our show. Either and- one. <laughs> Either one is equally dangerous in my mind. So, yeah, I feel like if that happens, um, somebody, like, come check on us um, or send an edible arrangement, I guess. Wellness Um, check is totally fine, yeah. Yeah, wellness (laughs) check will be great. Thanks. Uh, So, anyway, this guy shows up, says he's a military contractor, and he asks Terrell if he... Uh, is ready to learn the truth which (laughs) no thanks i'm good i gotta say this is where i kind of feel like the story can't be real because why would any government person just come up and be like would you like to be clued in on what's going on i feel like that is such a move to say when you're actually gonna tell them a lie like you're like Mm. i'm gonna tell tell you what's really going on but then like tell them a lie so that they think they know you know what i mean i I feel like that's a good bluff like a red herring I just, I also don't know, like, maybe because it was so long ago, maybe, like, people were, maybe he was more willing to share that information. I don't, I don't have no idea. So is it actually, well, I guess you're about to tell me. (laughs) So basically all the, the truth, the whole conversation kind of just leads to the fact that the guy says the U.S. government has a relationship with extraterrestrials. That's, but like, why would you go to a random person's house and say that? Yeah. When, like, it was a comment on a YouTube video and, like. Maybe maybe he really was accidentally stepping into something where they needed to cover it up. I yeah, don't, but... I mean, maybe they knew more than that. Maybe they knew he had all these other videos. Maybe they knew that he was being visited by these crafts. But also, you can still see the YouTube comment today. Wouldn't they have taken that down? Yeah, probably. Huh? Like, this this is the part I, I am confused it's the very most odd. about. I mean, maybe they have some reason that we just don't get yeah this is certainly the part i wish i could give people more information on but like why wouldn't the military just delete that comment it's kind of odd or like or like leave some sort of ominous warning of like don't don't continue this chase or something but doesn't he get more involved now like maybe they wanted i don't know i don't know i I don't can't figure it out i can't figure it out either because that's kind of the end of that part of the story okay so I, that's the part I need more context on. Okay. Um, but then again, maybe I don't want the context because I don't want a military contractor coming and apparently telling me while leaving this episode up that something's yeah. going on. Yeah, no um, thanks. I have no idea. I truly wish I could give you guys more. Um, so anyway, that after that conversation, I guess Terrell kind of goes on with his with his days. And eventually he's now having weird moments where he is experiencing paralysis and Mm-mm. more more um active pseudo abduction symptoms or signs that something's happening to his body so for one he woke up one night he witnesses that someone's entering his apartment <gasps> which i can't even imagine from a true crime perspective That's already so terrifying 
and he couldn't do anything because he was strangely paralyzed. He tried <gasps> reaching for his gun and he heard a voice say, you don't need to get that. <gasps> and I don't know if he heard it in his head or no. if something like telepathically told him or what. Oh no. But finally, when he was able to move again, he searched his apartment and nobody was there. Oh, so no. this is now a close encounter of either the second or third kind, because I don't know if he witnessed somebody actually coming into his house or he heard it. He just and now heard there's, it. Hmm. And it could have just been signs that someone was there. Intriguing. Um, but after this encounter, Terrell experiences a new phenomena that he hadn't had before in all 10 years of his prior UFO experience, which is okay. time loss. <gasps> I That scares me a lot. I was going to say, that's probably your least favorite part of it all. It's probably one of my... I, it really just rubs me the wrong way. I'm like, just don't do that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I need to know what happened, you know? Well, it's because now you like... Don't, at least there was one thing you knew with everything else and it was whatever your mind could tell you. But now your mind can't tell you anything. Exactly. Exactly. You have no so, sent frame of reference at all. So missing time is often thought to be when an abductor is erasing one's memory of the abduction and thus you lose a portion of your own time frame. Um, AKA now that he's losing time, it implies that he is being abducted. AKA he's now having close encounters of the fourth kind. Mm. So... Mm -hmm. He said he doesn't know how or why he is being abducted or was chosen to be the one that's abducted. But every time it happened, he remembers being paralyzed so that he couldn't move and then he would experience time loss. Um, the f he, this is a quote from him. The first time was in February of 2008 and I went to sleep on my couch and woke up in a massive dining hall. There, oh. were, lots of, there were lots of tables. Everything was white. People were eating. They all looked like human beings. And so what? he's able to recall it because at first he was waking up from these moments and thinking he was dreaming. So it's interesting that he was experiencing Weird. time loss, but he wasn't totally losing his memory, which I feel like that's, that's really weird. I feel like that's a new thing that I hadn't heard of before. We're yeah. like, you can't oh, remember wait. it. Oh, wait, I have heard something similar. I don't know if this is the same thing, but like, uh, implanted memories where they like try to make oh. you feel like you are doing something different but it's like not quite right like i've heard mm. that with abductions in cars for example when they come back and they're like the time has skipped and like they have a weird memory of like something that like going to a weird building that sold so maybe christmas decorations it. and they're like what it was july like they just put a weird like memory in your mind that didn't actually happen it's like black-eyed kids yeah. not like level knowledge trying to yeah. like make you it's, think something else happened. oh i think it's called masking i think it's Ugh. called masking and it's like the idea that you think you have like a almost dreamlike memory of something but it doesn't really make sense but it sort of like fills in the gaps in your mind weird it's gross well Sounds like that's what happened. Sounds like um, it. Because, yeah, he would lose time, but he would wake up thinking he had just had dreams. But what really freaked him out was um, he was waking up from what he thought were these dreams. And eventually he started noticing on nights where he would have these dreams, when he would wake up, the speakers that he kept on his windowsill were being moved by themselves. Yeah. <gasps> And a quote from him is, it's not something I would do. The only conclusion for me was that they brought me in and out through the window and placed the speakers back there. Gross. They were like, let's put this back where it was. Yeah. There was <laughs> yeah. another night where Terrell woke up at 3.08 a.m., blinked, and it was 5.30. 
Ew. ew and this, ew, ew. A, this apparently happened two nights in a row to the exact minute of 3.08 yeah. to 5.30. That's weird timing. Yeah. Which I guess now at least you have context that it takes what? <laughs> two hours and 20. Is that two hours, 22 minutes? Ew. Two, two, two. Is it? I don't know. My that's, math is that's not that good. two hours and 22 minutes. Well, that's extra gross for some reason. <laughs> what what does it fuck? mean? I don't like that that's my lucky number all of a sudden. That is, right? Like, that makes it extra creepy. Like, d- they say things about, like, double numbers and angel numbers. and Yeah. Like, really. Well, Terrell struggled with all these experiences, obviously, and he did it alone for a long time because he feared judgment from his friends and family. And even coworkers, he worked at a naval base, like, I mean, yeah. or an Air Force base. Some, he could have talked to the wrong person. Um, although I imagine a lot of people on those bases have crazy stories, so... Uh, when he did talk about it, though, um, some people thought he was like delusional. Some people thought he was just making it up. Um, and eventually when he went on TV about his experiences, that's when he felt more validated because he said he had been losing friends. Um, and then he says, but when you've been on TV, people think maybe he's got something to say. So he felt like at least other people would hear him out versus his close circle. That's which true. Is... Yeah. So when the one host from ufo hunter suggested he was an alien hybrid apparently his mom saw that tv episode oh no and then uh terrell said i expected her to lose it but she didn't she said there was always something strange about me which is <gasps> like so sad in a few ways but also so creepy that like you would expect your own mother to freak out to that but she was like well yeah maybe she's like, something. oh well i guess yeah you know and i feel like i've heard i've definitely heard that um idea that like people who ha- i mean you've talked about that too like people who have potential alien dna or something that are that are being tracked or visited repeatedly yeah Ooh, something's up i don't like that i mean maybe she was also onto it years ahead and like just didn't want to admit it because remember he was having encounters when he was 15 so yeah 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 um one tv show actually I think it was also UFO hunters. I can't remember anymore, but um, they actually took Terrell's footage from that UFO that he got. They took that footage and compared it to another guy named Michael, who also had footage that was nearly identical phenomenon. Mm. And it, but his was in Lake Erie. Um, That's weird. And so uh, Michael's experience where he filmed basically the same thing with the UFOs, one communicating with him and then helicopters coming in. So he filmed that in a no fly zone. Mm. And now they're wondering like, why was it a no fly zone? And it did happen to be near a nuclear power plant. Mm. So now the theory is one was near a power plant. One is within the vicinity of a military base. So maybe they both picked up on something that they shouldn't have picked up on. Um, and also, I mean, it was a no-fly zone. It's not like it was any other aircraft. It was certainly something not of ours that was flying there. Yes. Um, so even weirder, uh, UFO hunters ended up taking Terrell and Michael, and they brought them to Mass General for testing. Both of them had elevated levels of creatine and had that disorder hyperstichemia oh my god that's very weird like if that's a coincidence it's way too weird neither had a reason for their condition neither of them had a muscle Mm. injury or muscle weakness issues that's Um, creepy so and so i guess 
I don't know. If you think you've been abducted multiple times, go get your uh, creatine checked out. Um, So he has, Terrell has been covered by ABC's primetime and also again on the history channel. And when asked if he believes in aliens, which like, uh, of course he does at this point, but he does remind us that there's a quote, every culture talks about something coming from the sky. And he thinks that they're just really historical documents of aliens. So even like talking about in the Bible, he's like, Oh no, they're probably aliens and we just don't know better. Um, Terrell also said, we've been blessed to think that we're on the top of the proverbial food chain, but that is not the case. Ah! One more or two more quotes from Terrell. This one uh, asking like how it's changed him. Terrell says, I just want to be a better person because I feel if someone from above took notice of me, then maybe I'm doing something right. And if I'm doing something right, maybe I can do it better. So that's a very nice way to look at it. (laughs) That's a very nice way to look at it because I would not have that opinion. Yeah. Um, and just to end on a bit of a creepier undertone, here is my final quote from Terrell. Uh, this is, he was asked like kind of what he thinks is in store for him and his relationship with these beings. He said, they will reveal themselves and intervene in human affairs. We need to get off our high horses. People will not take the integration lightly. They're <gasps> going to, they're going to show themselves. Get ready. You want change? Change is coming. Oh no. Oh no. I mean, that oh, poor no. man has had so many experiences. And I I there were um in these stories, by the way, there were some conflicting notes. So I hope I was using the right sources. Um I hope I was, but that is definitely the gist of it. But I think he might have gotten tested earlier or later or, you know, think little things like that. But for the most part, I can tell you he has been having experiences his whole fucking life. So I would trust him before anyone else. I mean, for a military contractor to show up, that's that part of the story is the most um, odd part to me because I feel like we should have more information. But also maybe he was told he couldn't say anything else. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think oh it's all very God. weird. Uh, I hate that. I hate that it's like the integration I know. is coming. <laughs> I know. Which like makes me wonder like the integration. I wonder, you know, when he found out that someone thought he was an alien human hybrid, he did say like he thought he was like at that point so many things had happened to me, it was like beyond the cra- the craziest thing I'd ever heard. Like it right. was not like that like, for all we know that's true. Who knows anymore? Yeah. Um but I mean, to really believe that there's like an integration coming is so eerie. Just but I also spooky. would, I would trust him more than others. So oh, anyway, no. oh no, oh no. I well, hope he's wrong. I hope I he's feel wrong. Like that's the next level of like um, that's good that's kids. It's like oh, the aliens are gonna come and get you if you're not a bad. Well, although he did say they were watching me because I was good, so I'm like, well. Well, that's also his uh, maybe like way of coping with it of like, yes. maybe they just really like me and they don't yeah. want to hurt me. Yeah. Um, They're good yeah. guys. <laughs> Man, I don't know. It's, it's all very eerie to me. It so. is incredibly eerie. Um, wow. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're Question welcome. Mark. I'm scared. Um, so that's great. Uh, I'm glad that that's from your hometown too, or your college <laughs> town. Good for you. I, uh, what was the... Oh, D.C. was your college town. I was like, where did you go to school? What was the name of your town? (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, Never well, heard um, of it. it's where your girlfriend went. I know it's the. I actually looked at American in high school because I was like, oh, that sounds very. Some I followed someone on YouTube early on who went to American, and I was like, oh, he seems cool. Was Maybe it me? I'll go to American. Oh. Okay. No, unfortunately. Oh, bummer. Uh, can you imagine though if I ever did like bump into one of your videos on <gasps> YouTube or something? Maybe you did. That'd be fun. I was just telling someone recently. I was like, one of my grandest wishes that will never come true is I would like when they say like at the end of your life when like you can ask any question yeah I the only thing I would want to do is I would want to get to be a fly on the wall and witness every time people that are important to me now we like were like we were like just near each, each other, other on the street or we're two booths away at a restaurant or anything like that. Well, I think I maybe I was talking stories. to, maybe I was talking to Eva about that because I think we were talking about how we both were always hanging out and we were both from Virginia. And she said, I think she said something about how we were in the same, we both hung out in the same places as teenagers. And so I was like, Oh, what if we like, we're in the same store. Oh, I think we went to, we were both talking about how much we loved Rainforest Cafe. Oh and <laughs> we went, we would go to the same Rainforest That's Cafe. That's weird. And that so it's like, I funny. like for all I know, like I, we both were back to back at that restaurant and had that no would idea. Be trippy. And, Anyway, that's my that's my big dream is I just want to like witness every moment that we almost met. I and then I would love would to see love again that. the moment where we did meet. I would love that. How cute would that be? Aww. Eva said it was me. It's the Rainforest Cafe at Tyson's. So uh, Tyson's Corner. Anyway, anyway, the end. Good story. Okay, so let's see. I have a story for you today, and this is a pretty wild one. It's actually the first murder to ever be committed through the U.S. Postal Service. What? Yeah. Murder through the... Okay. I don't even know what that means. Okay. Well, you're going to find out. So this is the story of Cordelia Botkin. Oh, Cordelia Uh, Botkin. uh, Before you you start, uh, can we do elevator music real quick? Because I need to turn off my heat. It is... like an inferno in here. What? Can I say something? Um, yeah. Speaking of elevator music, we had somebody, and I've been waiting for us to use elevator music because we had somebody. Um, oh my gosh, I don't. I'm blanking on their name right now, but who wrote in? I don't know if you saw this on Slack, M, but it's like a new version of the elevator music. <laughs> no, I hadn't heard. Okay, it yet. good. No. So we're gonna insert that here. Okay, I'm gonna go fix my AC. Excuse me. Please stand by. We have to step away and go get wine. Answer the door. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. 
And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. All right, now I'm going to let you listen to this. I'm going to let you listen to this music now. I can't help but notice that you're also chewing, which means this was a double whammy uh, break for you. It was. I, well, I was actually also very hungry, and I knew I wasn't going to give you my best if I didn't have something in the old belly. And I only and accept I, your best. I don't accept you at your worst. Mine. Well, you deserve my best, and you certainly take me for my worst. But uh, <laughs> I found another one of those. I'm still so obsessed with them, those public goods chocolate almonds oh yeah you have a problem um <sighs> here's the file so everybody just heard it so i want you to hear it oh okay just send it to you okay. let me know when you're playing it because i've i haven't listened to it in like months so i'm gonna play it too all right i'm gonna play it in three two one okay stand by we have to step away and go get wine answer the door we just must discuss It like loops. Oh, it keeps going. Yes. So uh, let me. um, I also just want to send you. It was Chrissy who who made that, and Chrissy also sent this. um, I figure while we're here, we can play this too. I don't know if Chrissy has a lot of excellent time on there. Yes. Yes. So um, here, here it is. Okay, I'm ready. Three, two, one. Dangerous people are everywhere you roam. Stay inside your home The world is a scarier place than you think And that's why we drink And that's why we drink Holy shit That's great Hang on, there's Oh my god, wow, that was oddly good I'm saying, I'm saying Chrissy, she's talented, man And I feel like if we ever needed a new intro That's the one to do, you know I mean That's certainly, maybe for our specials Maybe maybe. like a, a yeah, like a bonus episode thing or something I just love it, anyway sounded like a bunch of, like, haunted little dolls Were at their book club and just kind of (laughs) burst into song together like they're That's like an interesting visual. I love it. I don't. I feel like they just like it didn't. It just happened organically. They were like, oh, I don't know. That's that, they're certainly haunted dolls. There's no. There's no other creature that that was that sang that song. Um, Chrissy, you're a haunted doll. You I have love an incredible it. voice. It, now, now we need an animator to step in and animate the haunted doll book club because I feel like that with the music. No, no, no. Would I feel beautiful. like those are haunted dolls that are also puppets or something, and they're. The being dangled oh, like marionettes so, yeah oh yeah something yeah. really really like off kilter upsetting yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow 
Snaps to Chrissy. That was beyond um, the elevator music. There's just nothing more than I love than the like. I don't know what else to Please call it except pleasant, by. pleasant filled music. Plus yeah, fifties like, commercial jingles. Jingle. Yeah, it's very good. So when you said elevator music, I was like, we have not done that in like probably a year. So it's about time we you know insert some some new. Chrissy probably gave up and was like, I'll do elevator music for someone else, I guess. But <laughs> finally, where your act- moment is here. Yeah, no, she wrote, like, she wrote, actually, um, this is, there's no expectation for you to use this, but I, but you can have it if you want it. <laughs> so it was, like, very well, low-key. officially happening. Um, thank you for that, because it was beyond. Splendid, really splendid. Um, so anyway, I'm so glad I finally got to force that into an episode. Uh, so let's get back to Cordelia Botkin, okay? Yeah. So we're heading back to the 1860s, first of all. Ooh. Time travel. Okay. That's older than 1950s Pleasantville jingles. It is, by about 90 years. <laughs> so John P. Dunning, uh, he was born in Delaware in the 1860s, and he grew up fairly privileged. He had a good education, and he started studying law in Dover, Delaware, as a young man. Hmm. But I guess John decided his life wasn't exciting enough, uh, so he started writing, and he actually became a famous war correspondent. Oh, whoa. Yeah, and covered natural disasters, so he was, like, really good at his new hobby. Um, And by 1890, he was a well-known and respected reporter in papers like the New York Times uh, with international publication. Meanwhile, we hop over to his wife or his future wife her name is mary pennington and she was also born in delaware and was the daughter of a former congressman oh cool so she met john dover and in 1891 they got married and john got a job for the associated press so they moved across the country which uh, back then big move uh to san francisco wow this is 1891 so john and mary they they get married they have a daughter the year after that and life is good sort of uh you know they moved all the way across the country he's a successful writer but he is also um very successful in that he doesn't come home much so it's sort of like the workaholic type setup so mary felt a little bit isolated especially i imagine after moving to a new yeah you don't know anybody like except no him yeah i feel and then you just had a baby so i imagine you're kind of like in that isolated space um so she's kind of stuck at home he does not come home very often and he also had a gambling problem mostly betting on the ponies as they (laughs) say (laughs) as you do and unfortunately he also had an alcohol dependency problem so this is just uh all around a tough time for mary yeah he's going through it she's going through it exactly John was also bored. Remember when he got bored of being a lawyer and became a writer and that seemed like uh-huh. a healthy move? Well, he also got bored and was prone to start affairs with people and cheat on his mm. wife. Okay. So he just liked the, I guess, the adrenaline rush of cheating, as some do. And he was known to cheat pretty openly. So it wasn't even like that illicit. Damn. Yeah. He just kind of well, She did also, it. she, and then she, also in the 1890s, I can't imagine she had a lot of power. Yeah, what, and, what are you going to do? Yeah. And you're by yourself. It's not like you have your friends next to you across yep. the country to to back you on this. You can't or just like go to your parents' house it. for the night with your baby or something. Like There wasn't the FaceTime. You weren't like just, you weren't getting to talk to people. Maybe write a letter and maybe get one hope of encouragement back in a couple weeks. You know, my problem would be with a letter 
is that a lot of them, first of all, but one of them would be, I would write it, send it. And then when I got a response weeks later, I'd be like, what did I even say? Like, they're like responding to me. And I'm like, I know part of me thinks like, oh, I would just take a picture of it. So I remembered, but it's like, that's so stupid. (laughs) That's so stupid. You would would hire one of those old timey photographers with like the curtain and you would just like put up your letter and put a light on it. I would at least have to write it on like trace paper or something. So I had my own like kind of two copies. You got to remember receipts when you write on it, like the yellow paper underneath. I feel like that's how I would have to write all my letters. Like carbon paper carbon copy yeah i paper. don't even know if that existed then yeah i don't either um i feel like that would be the only way because somebody would say oh my gosh that's hilarious and i'd be well, like i'm know- sure it was but like what was it <laughs> right what was a, what, the lol back in the day was like so delayed yeah um i also feel like if i wrote a letter and i was like pouring my guts out in it because i was so upset and then it took a week to get sent and then it probably took someone a couple days to get back to me and like write a letter yeah. and then it took another week for it to get sent back i imagine it took like two or three weeks to ever have constant connection with somebody and in those two or three weeks i have gone through the emotional waves already yeah, like, i don't want to talk about it anymore or like you're now at, you're i'm in a different part of my grief or my yeah i'm in, i'm i've moved on in some way and now your response is like not actually helping me yeah. in this moment it's helping I've me from two weeks ago anger and you're yeah. still like trying to calm my tears and it's just not it's not really like working it would almost feel condescending because like i would have moved on from the uh, is everything going to be okay to like everything's gonna be fine and i'm a bad bitch and yeah. now i'm getting now i'm getting letters from people saying everything's gonna be fine you'll you'll I'm stick like, it I out i fucking know that it's like, I already did that. So look, I yeah. cut my bangs. <laughs> and also there were no pictures back then. So people just had to trust you. <laughs> I cut my bangs and it looks fucking great. Yeah. They no matter what everyone here me. is saying. They wouldn't trust me. They'd be like, <laughs> okay, sure. I, I wonder what the version of heartbreak was back then. Like, uh, well, like, you know, everyone says, oh, when you have a drastic haircut, something big has changed. Big life like, change. What was the big life change move of the time? Hmm, maybe Writing you, a uh, poem. you like buy a new petticoat, mm. you know, one that shows your ankles. Oh no. Well, you wouldn't go that far. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. That was okay, too good. much. Whew, scared me. So anyway, uh, he's cheating on her openly and he is just not at home and she's isolated and feeling stuck. He often took walks in Golden Gate Park, which wasn't far from where they lived. And one day he was riding his bike through the park and it broke. So he started walking it home. That's when he passed a woman sitting on a park bench who was apparently irresistible because he immediately began flirting with her and trying to strike up a conversation, be charming, um, get her interested. Meanwhile, his wife and infant child are waiting for him back home, but this is more pressing, okay, to talk to this woman. Of course. Her name was Cordelia Botkin, and Mm. she had been born in 1854 and was around 41 years old, so about a decade older than him. And she had had a husband named Welcome Botkin, (laughs) I did have to verify that source a couple different places to make sure I was reading that correctly. His name was Welcome? Correct. I feel like the nurse got confused, the midwife. They were like, welcome to the world, you know, like parents. Did that used to be a name or is that some, like, was it a one-time thing? I don't know. I'm saying I think they said welcome. (laughs) And he said, they said, okay. And then they already wrote it down. But like you said, they didn't have carbon paper so it's too late 
Welcome as a name. That's so, his name. And also, no, so I just looked it up now. The name Welcome is primarily a female name. Hmm. Huh. That means welcome. Okay, well, that doesn't fucking help me. <laughs> if it didn't, I'd be concerned. Oh, weird. I mean, I guess well. I've oh, heard of like wells. Babynames.com says it means welcome guest. A welcome Thanks. guest. Hmm. Well, whatever. Um, I uh I'm gonna deep dive that later. Welcome. I would if we're just picking salutations, I would just I feel like you could name someone like Salutation. What up? Oh, oh. salutation. Sal. There you that go. Work out. Okay. Uh yeah, so his name was Welcome. Uh very interesting. Welcome Botkin. They uh had been married in eighteen seventy four and had an adult son together named Beverly. Beverly Botkin, also super catchy. Love it. But it is catchy. the couple was estranged, and Welcome lived in Stockton, about 80 miles away. So Cordelia was on the lookout for a new man in her life when John's bicycle breaks, and out of a sitcom, he comes strolling past and just can't take his eyes off her. Mm-hmm. So she told John her last name was Curtis and that she was single. Sort of true. Sort of. Uh, apparently, sparks flew because... Pretty immediately, Cordelia and John start a secret affair. Hmm. And once again, when I say secret, it's really not that secret. Everybody kind of knew about it, including his wife, Mary. So mm, I feel like maybe they were just more open back then. If like if you really don't have phones, like the information is going to take longer to get anywhere. Except unless word of mouth. And then you can just be like, oh, that's not true. Yeah, but I also feel like it was so much harder to hide something like that because you wouldn't just be. You couldn't sneak around. Hanging. Well, you couldn't just be like seen with another, a person of the opposite sex and have it not be scandalous, you know? Oh, that's true. You can't just go grab a coffee and be like, we're just friends. People would be like, why are you together with her ankle showing, you know? That's that's true. I I guess I was thinking on the opposite side of like, without technology, you couldn't like make secret plans as easily. Oh, that's true too. You'd have to see each other so that you could arrange your next hangout. Mm Mm-hmm. Intriguing. Hmm. Another thing I'd like to be the fly on the wall for is like, how did people cheat back then? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But Mary definitely knew. And she about this time had enough. And so she took her daughter back to Delaware, which I think is great. Um, She moved back to the East Coast with the baby uh, in the 1890s because she was like, I'm not going to stick around here and be embarrassed by my husband and his philandering ways. And I said, (laughs) hell yeah, take the kid Mm -hmm. and go, you know. So, of course, with Mary out of the picture, John and Cordelia are now like 110% in on this affair. They're all lovey-dovey. People see them together at cafes, at restaurants, at horse races, at other public events. Now they just have no shame about this. John and Cordelia, you know, talk day in, day out. One day, John mentions how much his wife loves candy. And he also brought up her best friend in San Francisco, a woman named Mrs. Corbailey. So... You know, maybe strange to be talking about your estranged wife to I was your say, lover, but I don't know. Can you know. imagine getting a... Yeah, I don't know, but I can't imagine finally really getting away with the fact that now I am I can be in a successful relationship with this person and still bringing up the awkwardness of oh, my good. wife who left me because Remember of you. her? You met Mary, right? Oh, yeah, no, you yeah. didn't because we were having a secret affair. Okay, right. Anyway, she loved Snickers. Anyway... <laughs> What's her? Did I ever tell you what her favorite candy is? Oh, it's the cutest thing. Yeah. Uh, 
big yikes. Okay, so he's telling her about like her friends and all this business, um, which I'm sure Cordelia didn't necessarily love. Uh, meanwhile, Cordelia moves to a new building and John gets himself a room in the same building so that they can be closer to one another. Okay. But John is still gambling and he falls into extreme debt. At one point, he embezzles $4,000 from his workplace, the Associated Press. And the equivalent nowadays is $132,000. Oh, damn. Okay. So he embezzles this money from his workplace to pay his debts. So obviously they fired him Mm -hmm. and now he's fired. He's still in debt. Despite his flaws, he and Cordelia are still together for quite a while. Um, Cordelia is deeply invested, deeply in love with this new man in her life and finally has him to herself. And then John starts to get bored. Well, okay. Tale as old as time. Yeah. (laughs) What uh, Cordelia didn't know is that John is still writing love letters back and forth with his wife, Mary. Mm. No, thanks. What is he saying in these letters besides, uh, I told someone recently about your favorite candy bar. (laughs) I can't stop thinking about how you eat those Snickers bars. Um, The thing is, not only is he writing Mary, Cordelia was writing Mary, too. What? I should have told you to get your gargoyles out. I'm sorry. No, I've, I've got them. I've got them. So far, there's only like three people. So I'm okay. okay, but okay like, good, good, good. But so wait, they're both writing her. Yes. Meanwhile, Cordelia is writing her letters anonymously. Oh, wait. Also, is this is this a gay thing? No. Okay. I didn't. I didn't. I wish. I didn't know, I didn't know if there was a, like a love triangle happening here. Well, okay. no, definitely not. Um, okay. But there is a love triangle happening, but it's just between him and his ex and now his uh-huh okay makes sense makes sense okay so according to sfgate.com uh cordelia wrote letters including the following which by the way i will say you can still see the handwritten copies of the letters online which is so trippy to see it in her handwriting oh yeah but it says your husband is constantly with this interesting and pretty woman who by the way is an english woman she is now divorcing from her husband all owing to the marked intimacy with mr dunning so okay so is is this going to become a thing where aha i figured it out i think okay wait is this are so are the two of them now conspiring with each other like we've both been burned by the same man no oh damn it okay she's just writing his ex letters anonymously to talk about how great his new girlfriend is Mm, okay she's saying your husband is constantly with this beautiful woman Oh, the way I was hearing it was that she was writing to the ex about now a third person. Oh, I'm sorry. No, like... she's writing about herself. Oh, that's so bitchy. Okay. That's yeah. crazy. I she thought for said, a second she no. was like, like, help me. How did you get out? Because I need out now. Oh, no, no. That would be a way better story. But no, she's just writing anonymously. Your husband is with this interesting and pretty woman herself. Uh, who's mm. now an English woman who's divorcing from her husband. This is all during their relationship. How so this is nasty. Nasty, nasty, rude, mean. Okay. And this woman is like across the country now with a child. Leave her alone. Like, yeah. why are you still harassing her? She's had her? enough. She She's literally enough. she literally walked out of the picture so you could have a multi yourself. Exactly. She gave like, him to you. Oh, my God. Okay. Gross. So they're both writing to Mary. One anonymously. One 
being Mr. Dunning, who uh-huh. is probably pining for her again. I don't know. So in March 1898, you'll never believe this, John got his job <laughs> I back. I think I will. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, John he got, got his, his job, job back. back. Yeah. Okay. Despite I, all... By the way, I was not surprised. Yeah, despite all of the money he stole, they were like, well, you're really good at writing, so you need to come back and we'll pay you. And can you please cover the rising tensions between Spain and the United States? And they said to take this job means you would have to move. And different sources said different things. One said Puerto Rico, one said Cuba. And you'd have to move right away because, uh, as we now know, the Spanish-American War would start a month later in April of 1898. Mm. So John, who's already feeling bored and restless and is seeking a thrill and money, gets this job offer and is like, fuck yeah, I'm in and I'm going to move wherever you want me to move. And Cordelia is fucking devastated. Sure. Devastated. She begs him to turn the job down and stay with her, but John is like, um, no, I am not interested in that. <laughs> that he told her awful, awful. No, but thank you so much for the opportunity. <laughs> um, he told her not only were things over, but he would never come back to San Francisco again, ever. <gasps> oh my God. Like you'll never see me again. Like fucking peace. Oh my God. So after the war, he planned to go home to Delaware to reunite with his wife, daughter and Ew. the rest of his family. Great. I'm so glad you had your little stint away from everyone and just want everything to go back to normal. Yeah. Like you got your rocks off. You got to be like, uh, what do you call it? Spontaneous and get a thrill and have your little escapades. But now that things are, you know, now you miss your wife and you're just going to go back and leave me in the dust. Like just a terrible, terrible dude. Mm. Just drops all of it. And Cordelia is just beside herself. Sure. She's going through the stages, okay? And at a certain point, she gets to the stage that I mentioned earlier, which is anger. Oh. And she decides she needs revenge. You go, girl. Well, in August of 1898, Mary is sitting on her porch with her sister Ida in Dover, Delaware. Mm Mm-hmm. Her young daughter is playing on the porch with Ida's daughter, so her cousin, Mm -hmm. in the warm summer afternoon when the mail arrives. In the mail is a brown paper package, and inside they found a handkerchief and a white box wrapped in a pink ribbon with the word bonbons on it in gold. Okay. A note with the box said, with love to yourself and baby, signed Mrs. C. Oh. Okay. Uh, you said revenge earlier, and I went, you go, girl. And now I'm realizing that we are part of a true crime podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Glad you've joined us on this side of the... I don't know why I thought this was just going to be, like, drama, like, tea time. But, like, I I didn't realize there's murder coming. Okay. You didn't, even though I said this is the first murder through the U.S. Postal Service. Christine, look, I... <laughs> I'm just checking. I'm just checking. I just didn't know... I didn't... I Whatever. Keep going. Okay, remember when I said candy was Mary's weakness? Oh, she loves a bonbon, I bet. She loves a bonbon, and John used to tease her about it. He thought it was cute. Clearly, he told Cordelia because he thought it was so cute. And so, thinking back, he also told her that her best friend in San Francisco was Mrs. C. Mm. 
So maybe Mary thought these candies had come from her friend, Mrs. Corbailey, back in San Francisco. And so she and her sister Ida both ate several bonbons and <gasps> gave them to the children. Oh, no. Oh, no. They were poisoned, weren't they? Some sources said that Mary also shared them with the neighbors who were walking by. And in the end, anyone who ate the candies became violently ill. Mary and Ida were the sickest. And after several days of being miserably sick, weak, and vomiting, they finally passed away. Oh, no. What the fuck was in those bonbons? Oh, a little thing called arsenic. Does arsenic, so is it suggested then that they ate, like they would eat some and then feel really gross and then they would probably have been fine, but then they went, anyway, now that I'm feeling better, back to eat more bonbons and then they just kept poisoning themselves or was it like one bonbon did them in? Yeah, it was the one time thing. The idea is that they probably had several and were poisoned and then took two days to really I don't know, kill them, Damn. essentially. Um, and thankfully, if the kids did eat them, they would—they only ate like one or half of one. Um, same with the neighbors. So everybody who ate them got violently sick. But fortunately, at least the kids survived and the okay. other people who ate them survived. But Mary and her sister Ida were both killed. And you know what pisses me off, too, is on that letter, it said, for you and baby. Yeah, it was like, oh, I, I Share want this the baby with your to daughter. Like, how sick Ugh. do you have to be? Not that it would be better to only want to murder the adult, but yeah, you it she would be at, though in a way. Like it yeah. would at least be less fucked up to be like, hopefully the kid doesn't eat this. Yeah, I mean, any, what the could put the kid do to you? Could have put anything else on the note of like all for you, like something. You could put like, there's liquor in these. Don't feed them to the baby. Why? Wow. Anyway, the coroner ruled that cause of death was arsenic poisoning. Uh, a Apparently, the candies in the mail were absolutely laced with excessive amounts of arsenic, which mm. has no taste or smell. So there was just no way to know if you ate a few of them. You just wouldn't know. Right. So when John gets the news, he rushes back to Delaware and someone in the family happens to notice that the handwriting on the candies note matched the really weirdly aggressive letters Mary had been getting in the mail. Mm, well, at least and- someone was wise enough to even check. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I hear the fucking ice cream truck. (gasps) (laughs) It's December 12th. What's happening? He's catering to an audience. That is not you, apparently. I almost wish we hadn't already used the elevator music because I really want to just put that on and go get an ice cream. Go get it. We've got two jingles. (laughs) Like, we got some, too. (laughs) Okay. So, anyway, he goes to... Delaware, somebody in the family is like, wait a second, the writing on this box looks exactly like the writing from those creepy letters Mary keeps Mary kept getting in the mail. And John pretty immediately has a sinking feeling that his former lover back west might be involved. So he tells police and they arrest Cordelia in Stockton while she was getting ready to change clothes. And like that sounds maybe silly but like remember talking about petticoats and all that they had so many layers that throughout the day they would have to change multiple times because it was so hot and the clothes were so heavy and so you would you know if you were of higher status you would be changing outfits and that kind of thing so yeah at some point she's changing and the police show up and cordelia says to the police The chagrin is past. The horror is over. I have suffered all the humiliation. I am ready. Oh, okay. What was you? Then they let her pack up a gigantic trunk full of clothing. 
to take with her to jail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they take her away with her trunk. Jeez. This story so is full stupid. of people with way too much privilege. Like, <laughs> oh, you stole like a hundred grand from us? I guess you can work here again. Gross. Um, okay. Luckily for Mary's family, Cordelia was the world's worst murderer. Okay. First of all, the handwriting was a perfect match. So there was no question there. Um, you can see, like when I was looking up those letters, you can see that she kind of tried to make her writing more like weird and loopy. Yeah. It actually reminds me of how my mom used to write. Uh, okay. If you have children who are under the age of 10 and like the magic of Christmas speed past this, uh-huh. uh, but uh, <laughs> she would write our Santa letters with like this weird curly font that like now I'm like, that's the exact same handwriting, but you know, she was trying to make it look like someone else's. And that, that is exactly what her handwriting reminded me of. Um, but the, the handwriting matched the letters to Mary, the letters she wrote to her friends and family and the note in the candy box. Wow. So alone, that probably wasn't enough to put Mary behind bars, but she was so much more careless than that because employees at the hotel found wrappers from the candies on the floor in her room where she was staying. And police found the candy seal and the string from the box uh, in the same room where she'd been staying. The people wow, at she the really ca- just, just didn't, didn't try. Care. Just like did not try. The people at the candy shop recognized her and confirmed, oh, yeah, she bought bonbons from us. And even though Cordelia (laughs) removed the candy store seal from the box to try and cover her tracks, Uh she forgot to remove the tag from the handkerchief. So they went to the store and the clerk who sold her the handkerchief was like, oh, yeah, I talked to that woman because she reminded me so much of my late mother. Her face looked so much like my mother that we (laughs) that I remember her clearly like, oh, boy. okay, wow. So a man at the post office remembered mailing the package. And finally, the druggist who sold the arsenic to Cordelia was like, oh, I sold it to that woman, Cordelia. And uh, thank he, you. Finally. Yeah, thank we you. couldn't figure it out without check, you. Check, check. <laughs> but so they asked, like, what did she tell you? And he said, oh, she told me she was using all this arsenic to bleach a straw hat. Okay. Yeah. Bleach so. a straw hat. Is that... Yep. I'm not even going to ask if that's how they used to do it. I'm just going to take her word for it. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Sure. So the San Francisco Chronicle ran a story on the murders. It's really wild. You can still see the prints, like the the newspaper articles. And of course, back then, everything was so dramatic. And so they drew like cartoons of what, not cartoons, but like they drew hand drawings of what happened. Yeah. Ooh, it was so creepy. Um, So the public you know, having read all this turned on Cordelia before the trial even started. And so Cordelia's lawyers fought to get the trial to move to San Francisco instead of Delaware, because Cordelia had never been to Delaware and God forbid that the people of Delaware get to decide her fate. Uh So the courts agreed. The trial started in California on September 6th, 1898. And it was essentially Cordelia versus all of these witnesses and all of the evidence. <laughs> so it's just like a bad okay. time for her. Okay. <laughs> like, but what did she think was going to happen? I mean, honestly, I, she immediately, I mean, was like a very unhinged person to be like, oh, your ex left you. And now I have to be mad about that so badly that I'm going to kill her and also try to kill your baby. So that your way baby. we can be right. together. Right. And from there i should have been able to see the like homegirl was not thinking clearly logic wasn't necessarily at the forefront of her mind not even a little bit i don't think yeah yeah i mean this is like a one of those episodes of snapped on discovery where it's like (laughs) 
Wow. Like, you I took think, it I think so far. Something else had, she had snapped way before she even met that man. Yeah. She was like already, she walked in deranged. Yeah, so. she was having a, a really rough go of it early on. And this asshole just took advantage of that. And then things went sour for other people who had absolutely zero responsibility for any of it it's, which mm-hmm. is just fucking horrible like those kids both lost their moms it's yeah. just like horrible yeah. horrible so anyway things did not look good for cordelia but believe it or not cordelia was making the most of it okay she apparently was very close with her s- jail guards with several of them and mm-hmm. what does that mean they well they gave her a lot of privileges so apparently they even took her out this is alleged took her out shopping in town during the trial wow like it just went okay. out and went shopping um, that does not that, sound like it's warranted at all keep that trunk full you know that that clothing trunk she brought right she literally brought her entire closet what does she need to go into town for from jail um she's having a hard time she needs a new petticoat and to get get her bangs cut this woman i can't even imagine like i just feel like everything with her has to be an agenda i can't so yeah but not really, because this one, she just went shopping and went back to jail. Oh, she's just having a vacation. <laughs> she's is just what you're having a good time. Okay. Yeah. So ultimately, the jury found Cordelia guilty on December 30th, 1908, and they sentenced her to life in prison. Uh, she continued to be friendly with her guards and tried to make the most out of her life behind bars. Uh, again, with all these privileges they had been giving her. But John, on the other hand, did not bounce back. And honestly, this just makes me really sad for his daughter with Mary because, like, Mary had already... I can see what you're doing in the reflection of your glasses, by the way. What? <laughs> it's very distracting. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I just see, like, little images, like, scrolling up your eyeballs. No, I'm doing the thing where I'm I'm trying to find... Uh, it, sorry, keep no, going. No, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. I'll explain it in a... In a hang on. I'll explain it in a second. Okay. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. I just want to tell you that. I'm not, I'm not trying to be sneaky. There's before a, there's... the YouTube comments come in. Oh no, no, no. There's people a, there's are a... doing the zoom on your glasses to see what there's you're... a, there's a method to my madness. I promise. Okay, great. Well, so anyway, John did not bounce back, which makes me really sad for his daughter because like she already lost her mom and now her dad is just giving up on life and like, I don't know. It's just sad. Like, what's she going to do now? She's a little girl. It just makes me sad. And her aunt who lived next door is also dead. Well, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it's just sad. That's all I got. (laughs) He sounded so optimistic. Well, no, I was going to try to like, well, I was like, well, there's no spin on that. So why am I even trying to do? Uh, Well, it's terrible. He fell deeper into his alcoholism. He eventually died in Philadelphia in 1908, buried in debt. Um, when Cordelia found out back in jail, she fell into a deep depression, which the prison diagnosed as melancholy. So she was still like pining for this guy in prison after murdering his wife and attempting to murder his child. Well, I mean, Christine, this, this again, not a hinged woman. <laughs> I, know, I don't know right. what to tell you. No hinges to speak of. So in March 1910, Cordelia succumbed to her depression and by that, oh. I mean, she died and the prison ruled her cause of death, quote, softening of the brain due to melancholia. What? Huh? Due to melancholia. Oh, and softening of the brain. Of the brain due to melancholia? What does that mean? Like I don't know. So, soft, hang on. Soft, softening of the 
brain. Cerebral softening. Encephalomalacia. Holy shit. Wow. But it but like is that I believe it's oh it's a, it's classified as a traumatic brain injury. Yeah, what? I don't think this is the same. I don't think that's the same at all. Um yeah, I think this is just what they called it when she, I mean they called it melancholia, you know. It's like that's it's just she's just not well. She's just not well. Okay. So whatever happened, she ended up dying in 1910 and was buried in Oak Mound Cemetery. According to findagrave.com, there is no longer a grave marker where she was buried. And a newspaper reporting on her death said that Cordelia's crime was the first big poisoned candy murder case in many years. So Whoa, not the wait, first. I was going to say, that's what you should cover <laughs> next time. I know. So it apparently, candy, fun fact, candy poisoning was sort of an issue back in the day. So famously what? in 1858, a candy maker in England accidentally poisoned 230 plus people and killed 21 when his assistant picked up arsenic from the drugstore instead of plaster of Paris or powdered gypsum, which was what they used to put in peppermints to save money on sugar. Oh, wow. Okay. And he went to pick up plaster of Paris to put in the candy already. Like what? That's like, and then washed it down with cocaine. I just love that at the drugstore, they're like, oh, I thought you said arsenic. I'll put this jar back and you can have the plaster of Paris for your candy. It's like, oopsies. Yeah, it makes me wonder what we're not going to have in 100 years where people are going to go, you did what? You probably, what? we literally just talked about kid cuisine like two probably days ago. Probably every, you're right, every ingredient uh, in. Hungry man Salisbury steak. <laughs> in high C, <laughs> in sun kissed, anything that makes colors. Yeah. Um, anyway, so eating candy was kind of uh, a risky move no matter what uh, back in the 1800s. So that is the story, M, of uh, Cordelia Botkin. Jeez. Okay, well... Terrible, terrible people in this story, except, of course, the victims. Well, the, uh, the what I was looking at in my reflection... Shit, sorry, there's a bunch of ads on... I'll tell you what you were looking at. I could see it through my eyeballs. What? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. Oh. I'll be the uh, one to make that call. Can you, can you see it in my eyeballs right now? Hold on, let me angle it right. No, it's too blurry right now. Um, so, no, I was trying to find... Because you said that the letters, you could see the letters online... So I ended up just starting scrolling and the amount of graphics, I'm sure you already knew this, but the amount of graphics that were in the newspapers, the, of her, like you said, they did like drawings. Mm -hmm. Did you see the one where she, it's like almost like, I feel like they tried to make her look like it was a pinup or something. Hang on. Oh yes. Yes. yes, Oh, you did see it. Shit. I was like, man, this one's going to be good. I don't know why they did that. Hang on. Let me, I guess. Cause she was like a temptress or something. I was, man, I thought I was like, I had found more because I was like, that's not a letter though. So anyway, I found like a whole website that okay. was like. <laughs> Wait, let me see. Yeah. Did you read it? Okay. No, I was, I was going to wait till after. From which the likenesses given herewith were given out yesterday by the police. They are from negatives taken by a local gallery some time ago, but since they were made, Mrs. Botkin has not changed materially in face or figure. The photographs indicate plainly the woman's excessive vanity and her fondness for posing. It is the hope <laughs> of the police that publication of such likenesses will lead to the discovery of new evidence in the case. I mean, Jesus. I love how yeah. they just like backhand insulted everybody in and well any woman in a about what they looked like like just like beyond and also her posing is like it's literally her with her arms up that's it 
And it's also like a photograph that you went and took from the photographer. Like it's not. Yeah. Like of course she's posing. <laughs> she's... Like back then everyone posed for a kid. You had to. Like oh, there was. God. But I mean, like, just I don't know. I I really I thought I was doing something really different by like finding all these pictures. But I, the like you weren't kidding earlier. I didn't know what pictures you had seen. So anyway, I, I saw all these and I'm just like, there's so many. If you guys just like, uh, we'll like, put some of them on Instagram, but if you just, I search... just, I just sent a bunch to you. Oh, but I mean yeah. like for them oh. to have this many drawings for a, a story in the paper, like what was the average amount of drawings? Yeah. That, I think it happened a lot in these like dramatic stories where it's like, cause they needed photos, but you can't like put a photo in a newspaper. So they would like draw it instead so many drawings i mean like it's just so many like i feel like back in the day like newspapers just wouldn't have drawings or wouldn't have pictures and people were fine with that because i would just think wow the amount of time it would take to draw that to is get, just not worth it i think it must story. just be the big ones you know i guess so you know what was weird though when um the lizzie borden house though her newspaper there it was completely dry text and one tiny little drawing of her oh really but then again i guess they didn't know yet who had murdered the family it was true it was the paper saying like we're looking for someone and it was just a picture of her being like this is the new heir to the family or something yeah yeah that's true damn i really thought you maybe hadn't seen those pictures i thought it was really gonna blow your mind oh well no um look at this sorry with love to yourself and baby, Mrs. C. They have, like, the exact letter in her That's handwriting. That's so gross. It's so gross. Um, just terrible. Terrible. Oof, man. Well, that's her fucking story. Man. We... Yeah. I, uh... Oh, my God. It's those pictures of her posing. They, like... Yeah. They put them on another newspaper article... And it's the picture of her with her arms behind her and just says fighting for her life. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. right. (laughs) Jeez. This is, I've never seen a newspaper quite like that. Cordelia. (sighs) What did you say her last name? Botkin. Jesus. Okay. I'm sending you one more. Purveyor of poison. Talk about cartoons of what, of everything. Holy shit. (laughs) It's like the border. It's all cartoons. Someone literally had to, got paid for like 40 images that day. Oh my gosh. Look at how tiny the text was. Yeah. I could barely read that. How do you even read that? Yeah. Again, that happened with the the Lizzie Borden newspaper. I was sitting there and like my face was like this close (laughs) to the paper because I like, it took everything in me to read all the letters. Man, imagine like finding a copy of this at a, at a, uh, an antique store or something, just like fold it up. I wonder if it would even be worth anything. Like, I just would want to have it for history's sake, you know? I know, but I'd be scared to even have that thing in my house. It would freak me out. Anyway, we talked about hula hoops today. We talked about uh, spud melon. We talked about (laughs) butterfly kisses. We talked about this atrocity that is the the comics of an old newspaper. Ooh, murder comics. Murder comics, yeah. Yikes. Um, Yikes. Not tasteful. We've covered just about everything today, I think. We sure have. I feel like um, we've run the gamut. I guess that's it. We got nothing else nothing else let's go do an after chat and just talk about nothing else you know okay although good. maybe we do another one of those games i have like the um like the uh friend games where you like get to know each other and stuff oh yeah i don't know enough about you so let's I know you don't <laughs> let's do that for sure okay, okay. and that's why 
we drink. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Mm-hmm. 